Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is the Demon Inside Podcast. I'm your host, John Benham. If you would like to review another episode of the Demon Inside, you can go to Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and any podcast platform. And please, don't forget to subscribe and rate us with five stars. A new episode will come out once a week. And welcome back to the Demon Inside. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to the Demon Inside. I'm your host, John Venom, and welcome to the second season of the Demon Inside. I'd like to thank all of you, my Demon Insiders, who have made this possible for me to continue my work, to continue my investigations, and for supporting me as much as you do. Remember, hit subscribe and hit five stars and tell your friends about me. I know a lot of your friends are probably like, this thing is scary as hell, but tell your friends that aren't scared. How's that sound? Before I start, I wanted to tell Clyde Newton, uh, which he's from Florida, and I saw him at a gas station, and I wanted to ask him because I saw his license plate. It said Florida. And all these cases, a lot of these cases that we get are from Florida. So I wanted to ask him if the news in Florida is really weird. He says that it's so weird, it's pretty much normalized. So that's saying something. I told him that there was probably a gateway to hell there. And he said, more than likely. So there's a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people, and a lot of these people uh, have, you know, the dark magic backgrounds. Also, London, uh, I picked her up in Uber, and she was also telling me that there's a lot of different cultures in Florida, and so I sending a shout out to London she works at Hooters and Shirts here in Texas and uh, she's not a Hooters girls guys she's actually a cook and she's a really good cook too so if you get a chance go down there say hi eat something then we got Gregory who also from Uber I actually picked up this poor guy twice and when I remembered who he was I was telling him about the podcast And he was like, yeah, I remember. And then he kind of shut down. He didn't want to hear about it anymore. So, But I still wanted to send him a shout out because he's probably one of the few that was like, oh, my God, what the hell are you talking about? And then Jarek from Mississippi. Thank you, brother. I had a great talk with you. And I appreciate the fact that you guys get in my car and you're very polite and very nice. And I usually don't try to throw out 
my podcast unless it comes around to that. And there's some of you that will look at it on my profile and others that will just, you know, start talking about, oh, I've seen, uh, I, I listen to podcasts or whatever. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and start today's episode. This episode is about Tyree Lincoln Smith. It's a very, very disturbing story. Started out as an alleged axe murderer, chopped up his victim's head, removed part of the brain and an eyeball, put him in a plastic bag, walked 12 blocks to this cemetery here, the Lakeview Cemetery, and then ate them in front of his brother's gravesite. That's gross. He's crazy. What he did to him was crazy, gross. Couldn't eat, you know, just thinking about it and, you know, it turned my stomach. Psycho, something, something happened, you know. Who's... Who did that, you know? It's, it's incredible, you know? It's, it's so sad. His name was Angel Gonzalez, but his friends all called him Toon Toon. A man was found face down on a mattress in the third floor of this house at Bridgeport. His head had been bludgeoned by an axe. He had been missing for about a month when one of his friends happened to see his jacket through an open window and called police. What they found horrified them. It's just devastating, you know? I mean... He will be missed because everybody loved him. Tyree Smith was arrested for murder at this home in Florida. Police say he confessed to killing him and cannibalizing the organs in front of his brother's grave. It's gross. Nasty. He should have the death penalty. The way he was killed, they should kill him like that too. I'm not trying to hear he's insane or he don't have, you know, his mind's not there. I want justice to be done. 20 to life and no parole. More than 50 people showed up to write messages to their friend Toon Toon. They lit candles and said prayers for a good life cut short. When it snowed, Toon Toon's at everybody's house early in the morning, shoveling snow. He shovels snow for free. He fixed people's car for free. He's my friend for, for years. I know him for years. So he, he has a good person. So, you know, I feel so, so bad. He was a wonderful, wonderful person, someone that everybody would love to be around. Now on Friday, they are expecting to hold a memorial service for Toon Toon. They're asking everybody to be there, pay their last respects to a man who is known as a friendly guy and would help anybody out on the streets. I'm Bob Wilson, on the scene in Bridgeport, News 8. Last season, we were talking about Andre Thomas. He was the guy that ate his own eyeballs. And this was on the last season. If you haven't heard these seasons, the first or the last, uh, I would go back and listen to the first season. Listen to it from the beginning because what I like to do is I like to do these in pairs. And sometimes maybe three or four at the same time so that way you could see the pattern. What I am doing is trying to find a certain demon who possesses different people. And that demon that jumps from person to person, I'm following that pattern. So a lot of these are different, which means they're different demons. But when you start looking at the first two, three, because I did the first three on Rudy Eugene, Austin Haroff, and Anderson Joseph, and those three guys, you can't get any more familiar than those. I actually have continuations to that, which is coming up in a future episode. So again, if you don't 
have if you've never listened to this podcast, I suggest going back listening to it just to kind of get a feel of what I'm doing here. So let's continue. Tyree Lincoln Smith was born in Cheryl Rab and was born to Cheryl Rab, sorry, and Adolph Smith on January 11, 1977. His mother Cheryl was 18 at the time and his father was 21. They would later marry less than a month before Tyree's seventh birthday party. Tyree grew up at Riverside Apartments, a three-story public housing project on Olson Drive. He moved with his family to Ansonia when he was 12. He attended public school there, where he was an above-average student. Once he hit the 11th grade, his grades fell. Tyree dropped out. Tyree completed three of the years of public high school in the city before withdrawing on September 8, 1994. He enrolled in Job Corps, a vocational training program administered by the U.S. Department of Labor that helps young people learn a trade while earning a high school diploma. During that time, he was once found outside in the middle of winter, dressed only in his underwear. Later, he moved to California where his cousin, Nicole Rabb, said he worked as a model. He fathered a son there in the late 1990s. In 2007, Tyree was charged with assaulting his girlfriend by police in Yolo County, California. He was convicted, but he was put on probation and served no prison. In December of 2010, distressed after losing his job at Starbucks, Tyree asked his brother-in-law to get him a gun. Tyree was hearing voices that were instructing him to kill certain people. And I quote, A pedophile priest, a cop in Bridgeport, he thought were involved in drugs. End quote. The police officer and the priest were never identified. That would have been amazing to find out who they were. Because how did he make that leap? So his family was scared by this. They reported the incident to officials in California where he was living. The officials took his young son away from Smith. In September 2010, on a posting on his Facebook page, he reveals he had received psychiatric help. So this is a guy like Andre Thomas who was trying to get psychiatric help. He put, and this is on his Facebook, OMW, on my way to the shrinks now. See ya, guys. That's what he posted. During this time, Tyree was writing a book he titled The Book of Michael. He spent the last couple of years engrossed in his writing. The book he was writing was about his life. It was about the things that happened to him and the things he imagined happened to him. Tyree couldn't always tell the difference. The voices he heard and the thoughts he had were so vivid he couldn't always separate them from reality. 
So before sitting down to work over several hundred page manuscript, which to him was so grisly, he feared it could land him in jail. He tried to clear his head. Typically, this involved drinking from a bottle of sake and going outside for a walk. On January 2011, he posted extensively about his frustrations with the writing process. And I quote, I've tried really hard to write this book. First, I lose 150 pages worth of work. Now, somehow, my flash drive is back it up and miss, is missing. It has about 300 pages worth of work on it. I really do hope I misplaced it. Which I can't see due to the fact I do not move anything on my desk. I am not going to accuse my son, as I somehow always do when something turns up missing. Eight hours later, Tyree posted that he found the missing flash drive. And he put, I quote, Okay, I drink a lot, he wrote, but there's no way in hell this flash drive was sitting in literally in front of me like this. All I had to do is raise my head. It was even eye level too. Okay, I'm done being paranoid. Thanks again. I should stop playing so many war games, end quote. In July 2011, he moved to Lynn Haven, Florida, where he lived with a girlfriend, but things got worse. On, Smith's, on Tyree's Facebook page, he told everyone that he had moved to Lynn Haven. He then talks about his son, who lives in Sacramento, and exchanges I loves you with his mother. But his most unsettling post came toward the end of his time on Facebook. A period he declared over on January 12, 2011. And I quote, Devouring your flesh, smelling your bodies burn in a heap, he wrote. I hate the day they created you filthy humans. There, that's what's been on my mind since a child. Happy? We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to The Demon Inside. Eleven months later, he went to live with his cousin, Rab. And she said that he was acting strangely and carrying a book bag with his book in it and a hatchet that he had bought at Walmart. Tyree told her he was going to Beardsley Park, then to his former home on Brooks Street. He said he was going to look for someone, anyone, who nobody cared about. She said, that's what she said. Then her eyes going wide, she added, he also said he was going to get blood. He was going to get, he was going to kill someone and get his blood. So that night, he went off and went to his old apartment that had been shut down and was abandoned, and he was sleeping on the porch. And it was cold out, and this homeless man named Angel Tuntun Gonzalez, he was 43 at the time, he didn't know Tyree, but 
he was a nice guy. Woke him up and invited him in out of the code. So they go into the abandoned building. When Tyree was walking in, the voices told Tyree, this, this is your blood. When Gonzalez turned to fix the fire, Tyree took out the hatchet and attacked Gonzalez. The next day, Smith returned to the cousin's house with blood on his pants, hands, and the axe. He told his cousin, Rab, that he was sleeping on the porch at an abandoned building and this man walked him in and that he started beating the man's face and head with an axe. And he beat him so bad that he was able to take out his eyes and some of his brain matter. He then took the brain matter in the eyes to a cemetery nearby where one of his relatives laid and on top of that grave in Lakeview Cemetery he consumed the guy's eyes and brain. So of course hearing this his cousin threw him out of the house and she called his mom to tell her that something was horribly wrong with him. He ended up moving to Florida where he was staying with a girlfriend or a friend. It's really not clear. And about a month later, he was arrested by SWAT members. People around that neighborhood said they had seen him sometimes walking around barefooted, which was really rare because it was kind of cold during that time. But he seemed very quiet and to himself. Even some of the neighbors used to call him Jesus because they thought, he, I guess he was holy or something. Who knows? When he was arrested, he started to talk to the police about what happened. And he told them that he had eaten the eyes and eaten the brain. And when asked why, he said that the eyes were helping the demons see into their spiritual realm. And the brain was helping them to understand humanity. After he was arrested and he was declared insane, which he was, they gave him 60 years in a insane asylum. Let's just say that, in the hospital. After 10 years, which is now 2023, he's actually released. He's no longer a threat to himself and he's no longer a threat to anybody else. So, my dear listeners, we've talked about this before. Was this a way for him to get off? Or was he really psychotic and now the drugs have helped him? Or was he really possessed? So, I told you guys that I was going to do a little something different with the podcast this year. And I started looking up 
how do you know if somebody is possessed? And I found this article, which is really interesting to me. This is what's called Four Degrees of Demonic Possession. And let me be clear. Possession does not always mean that the demon gets inside of them. There's always some demon that might be watching, some demon that might be talking. Possession is probably one of the last things that anybody would have. And with a possession, of course, you need an exorcism to get this demon out. But according to Father Gabriel Emerith, chief exorcist of Rome, so he was 91 when he passed away, he gave these four descriptions. Infestation, which is haunted houses, you know, where you hear footsteps, you smell sulfur, you hear knocking three times on the wall, which is supposed to mock the Trinity. And this could actually drive people nuts, especially people that don't believe in ghosts or demons or God or anything. Then you have oppression. Oppression is activity which steps up with physical attacks, sleep disturbances, nightmares, frequent and severe illnesses, major depression and anxiety, severe financial or employment problems, and relationship troubles. So, yes, it happens normally, but this is one of the signs. And demons will use these signs to mask that they are trying to take over somebody. Demons are always going after people that are weak, people that are prideful, people that are self-assured that know, oh, well, this isn't true. Whatever, it can't happen. Then we got obsession. This is what I believe the obsession with Tyree was, was about writing his book. Because even after he had killed Mr. Gonzalez, he moved to Florida with his friend and he was still writing his book. He had been writing it for years. And this was a book, like he said, that if the police would have found, would have probably arrested him. I really wish I could find this book, guys. I even sent a message to his friend that he was living with, and I've never gotten a response. Through this obsession, as the name implies, at this stage, the afflicted the afflicted person has a hard time functioning, being constantly preoccupied with thoughts of the demonic activity commandeering his or her life, and frequently with thoughts of suicide as well. Sleep becomes nearly impossible. All three of these stages can be addressed by a competent deliverance minister. However, the last stage is reserved for official exorcist, and that's full-on possession. Was he full-on possessed? It sounds like he was. Think about what he wrote. 
he he wrote on his um, Facebook that he didn't understand human beings. He ate the eyes to see into the into the spirit world, and he ate the brain to understand humanity. Why wouldn't he have already understood humanity if he was human? Was he possessed? Is what we come down to. Tyree Lincoln Smith, for me, was possessed. And it was the same demon that also had Andre Thomas. Because both ate eyeballs. And that's very rare in any crime. And just to let you know, now that he's already out, he's told his doctor that since he's already eaten human flesh, he doesn't mind eating anymore. The doctor, that the psychologist that talked to him, also had a feeling that Tyree wanted to eat her. Literally. Hopefully the demon is out of him at this time. But how can we really be sure? He was treated medically, not spiritually. And we know that medically doesn't take out a demon. It just prolongs him. Because eventually when the demon sees fit, he'll come back around and do it again thanks for listening guys I'm so glad that we did this and thank you again for listening to the demon inside and I will talk to you all on the next episode remember to hit 5 stars remember to subscribe to this channel and take care Don't forget to subscribe to the Demon Inside podcast on any podcast platform. A new episode of the Demon Inside will be released every week. Let us know what you think of the episode on all our social media platforms. If you have any questions or comments, go to the Demon Inside podcast at gmail.com or click on the link down below. We would love to hear from you. And to become a Demon Insider, go to our website, thedemoninsidepodcast.com. We thank you for listening and hope you will join us next week for a new Demon Inside podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. I am John Venom, and I'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was written and created by James Porter. It is a production of Venomous Entertainment. Background music is by Lucas King. And the title song, Demon Inside, was produced by Rice Pulver, composer lyricist Peter Shelley, and performed by Conjure One.